0: That's good, hey. Jesus, we thank you that you are in this place today. And Lord, we thank you that you love us as you found us. But Lord, your plan for us is not to keep us where we are. Your plan is to move us from strength to strength. Your plan is to to conform us into your image. And so today, as we're in this place, Lord, we want our life renewed by your word. We want our lives changed and transformed. So Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would, you would speak to our hearts. You would show us today how we can live In your word, which brings life and healing to us. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You know, this morning I just want to speak to us about strength for life. Strength for life. You know, many of us, if you've been on the earth more than a few years, you've probably realized that life isn't always plain sailing. Life is filled with unexpected twists and turns. Sometimes it can feel like we're wading through treacle. You know, sometimes it's just one thing after another that just seems to go wrong. Or the simple things of life seem to all of a sudden, you know when you want to make the five minute phone call and it turns out to 40 minutes on hold and then they disconnect you after a few minutes and you're there going, I just I don't have time for this. You know, life can be like that and it can be so many different things. It can be the small things, it can be the big things. But you know, sometimes we'd love to think that life was like driving on a motorway. You know, life would be plain sailing, we're coasting fast, we're driving on good ground. You know, there's no roadblocks. Actually, probably for any of us on British motorways, that's no longer motorway driving, is it? That's like driving in towns now, driving on a motorway. But picture a German Autobahn or something where you're just expecting, you want it to go well. You you don't want obstacles. You don't want to be stuck. You don't want to find roadblocks ahead of you. Sometimes that's how we want life to be. But the reality is, it's not going to happen. If any of us are here today and think that because we're a Christian that life is going to be plain sailing, I just want to let you know now that actually it's probably not going to be that. Life is filled with mountaintops and valleys. And you know, the difficulty and the challenge for us as Christians is how do we navigate those times? How do we navigate through the unexpected circumstances of life? How do we navigate? How do we remain strong? You know, the Bible says, don't grow weary in doing good. But how do we remain strong to go the distance? And you know, I love that the word of God doesn't just say, yeah, stay strong, don't grow weary. But the word of God comes alongside us and says, I'm going to show you what to do. I'm going to show you how you can do this. And I love that the word of God is so practical. It really is so practical. There's truths that you read in the word of God and you've got to get your head around it. And then there's truths in the word of God that you're like, yeah, I get that. And I just want to read to you, you know, from Proverbs today. And I want to link it back into what Dave's been ministering over recent months. You know, at the outset of the year, Dave ministered the first Sunday back, and he ministered from Numbers 13, and he ministered about Caleb, who had a report to deliver to God about the land that God had sent him out to spy into. The other people around him were like, oh, this is a land, and there's giants, and there's this, and we're going to be overcome. And Caleb came back with a different report, and he said, we are more than able to overcome and to move through this situation. You know, the word of God for us at the outset of the year was, we are more than able, you are more than able to overcome. And then just a few weeks ago, Dave started talking to us about our attitude and how our attitude really has an impact on where we will find ourselves in life. And I suppose what I want to say today is just another building block and taking another scripture that we can apply so that we can go go through life with strength. And I want to start by reading Proverbs 2. I'm going to read verse 1 and then jump through to verse 6 to 8. And I'm reading it from the Passion Translation. And it says this, My child, will you treasure my wisdom? Then and only then will you acquire it. Do we treasure the wisdom of God? Or are we quite flippant with it? Do we treat it like our mountain bike magazine or our favorite magazine? We read it and then go like that. Now, this says, will you treasure my wisdom? God's wisdom is found in his word. Then and only then will you acquire it. And only if you accept my advice. It's not reading the advice. Only then if you accept my advice and hide it within you, will you succeed. Wisdom is a gift from a generous God. God wants us to navigate life with wisdom and it is a gift from a generous God and every word he speaks is full of revelation and becomes a fountain of understanding within you. For the Lord has hidden, has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly lovers. It doesn't say the word, it doesn't say the the Lord has scrapped that you're going to have to dive and look for on the ground in order to get through life. The word of God doesn't say, oh, do you know what? I'll just piece up one little bit of wisdom and see what you can do with that. No, it says the Lord has hidden storehouse of wisdom that's made accessible. Who to? to his godly lovers, that's you and I, storehouses of wisdom for us to navigate through the seasons of life. And it says, I love this, he becomes your personal bodyguard. Who's ever thought I'd like a bodyguard through life? You know, we watch the movies and we wonder what it's like. Well, here we go. He becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow, whose ways? his ways. Uh, that is a bit of a key there, isn't it? Because sometimes we, we maybe want the personal bodyguard, but we'd like to say, as we follow our ways. But actually, the word of God's really clear. As we follow his ways, w- and what does it do? It protects and guards us as we choose what is right. The wisdom that comes from God protects and guards us as we choose how to live according to the Word of God. So, this morning I just want to focus on a scripture found in Proverbs that I believe is simple yet profound. I believe it can transform our lives. And I believe it can give us strength to navigate through any season, through any challenge that we may find ourselves up against. Who are you ready to hear this proverb that I've got for you? Okay, I'm going to read it from two versions. I'm going to begin by reading it from the New King James, and it's Proverbs 17, verse 22. And it says this, a merry heart does good like medicine. But a broken spirit dries the bones. You know, when that says dries the bones, it's like sucking the marrow from bones. Let me read it to you from the Passion Translation. A joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul. But the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness. And depression. So simple, yet so profound. I wonder if we were to look at our lives right now, if we were to look at our heart, where would we find ourselves? Today in this moment, do you think, oh Faye, yeah my heart is full of joy and cheer. Or are you here today and saying, do you know what? And probably in the second part of the verse here, my heart's crushed. And God's word to us today comes because he wants to lift us up, like a stretcher bearer lifting us up. And he wants to say, you're my kids and I love you. And I want to help you get to the next stage, the next level in your life. You know, the words we've just not read are not words found in the latest New York Times bestseller. We need to understand these words are not from some motivational speaker. These words are directly from the infallible Word of God. The Word of God that we all choose to build our lives on. And God's Word comes alongside us. Who would have thought Who would have thought that there's a scripture like that that says a merry heart does good like medicine? What does medicine do? It soothes, it heals, it enables us to deal with life circumstances, it enables us to push through, but who would have thought there was a scripture and even a scripture that's quite clear about the consequences of not having a merry heart? The Bible just doesn't say, hey, do you know what? It'd be really good for you to have a merry heart because if you do, you're going to find things easier. It doesn't say that. There's actually a direct consequence based on the word of God for us not having a merry heart. The word of God says a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bone." The one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. So we really do stand at a a junction here today to think about and really reflect on what is my heart like? Because God wants us through his word to say, do you know what? If you're struggling, if your heart is crushed, it's going to impact not only on you as a person and how you see things and reflect on things and your perspective, it's actually going to make a difference in the health of your body. Sickness in our bodies. The Bible's really clear about this. It comes, one of the things it can cause is depression. Sickness in our bodies, sickness and depression comes from a crushed heart. And God doesn't want that for any one of us. So today I just want to share some, some keys, some encouragement. They're not exhaustive and I'm sure as you study this for yourself, you'll find I was so excited studying this because the word of God just dovetails and you read literally there are so many scriptures that really link in and tie into this whole thing about our heart and the condition of our heart in relation to our health and our well-being. But today I just just want to take us maybe through some simple steps almost like we're doing a bit of a diagnostic on ourselves imagine us like a car and we're just putting ourselves on the diagnostic and we can just look to see hey how am i doing How's my heart? And how can I get a merry heart? If you're here and saying, "Oh, no, I, feel, I don't think it's merry. How do I get it? Well, I'm going to give you some keys, some simple keys to maybe help us on the way. Are you ready? The first one is a merry heart is a heart at peace. And when I say that, I want us to first of all focus on the foundations of where that peace comes from. It's in, a merry heart comes from a peace that's found in our security of salvation found through Jesus Christ. When we as Christians put our faith in Jesus, we are anchoring our trust and hope in him. We are anchoring our lives and saying, Lord, I believe everything that you have to say. I believe everything about who you are, what you set out to accomplish. And I am choosing to anchor myself in the peace that you have given us. Jesus gave his life for you and I. He laid it down and actually it says for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You and I were not some kind of drudgery that he went through. It was a joy to think that he was giving his lives so that we would be impacted by his sacrifice. So we need to, first of all, if we're going to have a merry heart, we need to make sure our lives are anchored in the truth of who God is and what he's done for us. You know, and sometimes because of what we've gone through in life, our perspective of God and our perspective of Jesus can be a bit skewed. We may not think of him as the loving father. We may think of him that he's always watching over us. And if we do something wrong, we we feel like we're cowering because we're just waiting to get clipped and said, you naughty thing. But do you know what? We really do need to anchor ourselves and know that God is for us. He's not against us. We need to anchor ourselves in the fact that the Bible, the Word of God declares He's the one that sticks closer than a brother. He's the one that endured it all for us. He's not against us. He's for us. And He's not a God of nearly enough or just enough or scraping by. But God's Word to us is that He's a God of more than enough. He said He has the ability to do exceedingly abundantly above all. All you can ask, imagine, or think, but today we need to choose to anchor our lives and have find peace with him. And Romans 8:28 is a great scripture, and we really need to understand that this is completely true. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Anchor your faith, your trust, your hope in him and that he says that he is for you. He is not against you and that our lives can go forward because of that. So it's really simple, but we need our hearts to be at peace And understand that we have everything that God has provided for us through Jesus Christ. But you know, moving on from that, if we're to have a merry heart, our heart needs to be a heart that's full of praise. A heart that's full of praise. And I just don't mean on a Sunday in the service. You know... It's, it's happened over the centuries, and I think it's even more prevalent now. But we live in a culture that promotes self. We live in a culture that revolves all around us. And I've said it before, and I don't want to harp on, but you just have to look at social media. The reality is everything is focused on me, me, me. I'll take a picture of me and my life to post up. I'll do this. You know, what do I get from from about me? What is it about me that I can present to somebody else? It's the best of me. I want to live my best life. Can I say, if we are going to have a merry heart, we can't be the star of our own show. <laughs> okay, not being funny. If I am going to glorify myself all day, I'm going to have a crushed spirit because I have weaknesses. I have limitations. I don't have the, the wisdom to get through the things that I need to get through. But as Christians, we've got to check and take a health check and say, well, where is my praise? Where is my praise? And we like to say, oh, well, yeah, it's in ch- it is to Jesus, but just check. Is it really? What's the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? Is it to check on Facebook or Instagram how many likes you've had on a post? Is it to check what the bank balance is to see if you've got enough for the next what, for the next few days? Is it to, is it thinking about oh I haven't got this I haven't got what is it because do you know what if you, if I'm waking moments are based on maybe some of those kind of thinking habits, where do you think we're starting off our day? Who's the source of our day at the outset of our day? Is it God or is it us? You know, the Bible is amazing because, you know, the Bible talks and directs us as to how we need to live. That's why the Bible says, bless the Lord O my soul, all that is within me bless his holy name. That's why the Bible says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. That's why the Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall be continually on my lips. If we are focusing our thoughts and our attentions on us, then we are gonna struggle. But if we say God, I am going to start each day and continually through the day as challenges arise, as circumstances may try to knock us off guard, I say, Lord, thank you that you are more than enough for me. Lord, thank you that you are so good. Lord, I will praise you. I will declare your good works. Lord, thank you that your word declares that you redeem my life from destruction. Let's begin to focus our energy and our thoughts toward Jesus. And actually it's amazing when we place our praise on him, how it changes our hearts. Because all of a sudden, it's not all about us having to try and work through the day-to-day things. We're saying, God, (laughs) you created the heavens in the earth. Lord, thank you that you are mindful of me. Lord, thank you that you are more than enough to meet every need. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. And do you know what? It's amazing. If we will focus our praise instead of rehearse our problem, it is amazing how we will find our heart change. You know, just yesterday, I walked into my bedroom yesterday, and my bedroom was buzzing. And I was like, I was only coming to kind of put my cu- phone on charge. And I was like looking and I lifted up the curtains. The windows hadn't been over. And then I like leant down to my windowsill. sill. And there's like, the wa- there's wasps in between my bricks and my um, my window. And you can hear them. You can hear them. And there's, of course, we are, like we've got corking on our windows and the corking is cracking. So like, you can really hear them. And just little things, you know, like little things. And I was like... The first thing that you're like you want to go oh i can't believe this and you just start stressing because like this is an inconvenience to a really nice sunny saturday isn't it having a buzzing house that now we've got to sort out and you know it's really easy to just let your mind wander there and i was there and i was like no Literally, I was like, no, I am not going to get out, bent out of shape about this. And I just started speaking in tongues. I just started saying, Lord, thank you. Dave can sort this, but Jesus, thank you. (laughs) I don't know why not carrying this. Dave, well, we rang Mr. Wasp because Claire and Lee had um, given us the details for Mr. Wasp, the renegade man, but he couldn't come out till Monday. So Dave said, I'm sorting it myself. Hero, hero. So hysterical. He he had the selfie stick with his phone attached out, trying to like film this wasps thing to see if the hole was big enough to be able to get powder in it. And then he's running off to B&Q and we got some stuff and there's no wasps. Sounds at the moment. But you know, little things like that were just enough to kind of make me get agitated. And I was like, no, Lord, no, I am not. I am not going to get bent out of shape. And Lord, thank you, you're going to provide somebody to help me with that, which in this instance was my lovely husband. But yeah, we've just got to check, you know, we've really, in the decision, you know when stuff just hits you and you feel like that, can I just say, just start praising. Don't even allow the situation to start rehearsing in your head. What are the first things that we do when we tell our friends? Think about our conversations now. Just think, when we go and meet up with somebody, what are the things that we've already prepared to tell them? Is it all the things that bad has happened or oh, you wouldn't believe this had happened and da-da-da-da-da? Well, let's just change our thinking. Yeah, things happen, but let, let's not it consume us. Just like, yeah, it's life, I'll deal with it, but actually my heart is full of praise and I'm not letting anything like that get in the way. And you'll be surprised how just approaching like the simple things and just praising in the midst of weird things, you'll be surprised how it helps you through. The next thing I wanna say is a merry heart is filled with joy. I know David said this before, but we really should be the happiest people on earth. And it's not based, like I said, on the absence of negative circumstances, but it's all anchored in who our hope is found in. You know, joy is not for a select few of us either. Don't go around and think, oh, yeah, but they got a personality type. It just, it's just suits them so well. I'm a bit like Eeyore. I just see the negative in everything. Oh, it's going to be raining today. Yeah. You know, I used to train people in work, and they said that Brits are one of the most negative nations in the whole world. We just have, like, we just, we're not that great. Americans. If I was to say Americans, would you say positive or negative? They're positive. But do we allow that label of negative to be our portion for our lives? I don't know why a Brits are known as a, a, a bunch of complainers. We complain when it's cold. We complain when it's hot. We complain about this. We complain about that. We're not happy about this. We just are. But do you know what? We're, not, we're, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We have a new citizenship now. You know, and when Jesus came into our lives, he's the game changer. Let me tell you what the word of God says concerning um, joy. It says this in Romans 15, 13. I pray that God... The source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Philippians 4 4 in the Passion Translation says this Be cheerful and joy with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow. For you are united with the anointed one. Joy has nothing to do about summer seasons or winter seasons. It's all about who you're connected with. And we are connected with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. The one said, says, is there anything too difficult for me? So when we wake up in the morning, we've got to remind ourselves, God, this is my portion. Joy is my portion. It's not based on a bank balance that's full or a bank balance that's empty. It's not based on my friendship groups. It is based on my connection connection with the Holy Spirit it is based on my connection with the creator of the universe Jesus wants our lives to overflow with joy again what are we focusing on oh well you should have seen what the dog did on the carpet yesterday Yeah, well, maybe the dog did that, but don't make that envelop our lives. Sometimes, yes, life happens, but sometimes we place way too much attention on the wrong things and we allow the little things in life to pick us off. We allow the little things in life to begin to crush our spirit, to begin to crush us to begin to weigh down on us. And before we know it, we find ourselves with anxiety, we find ourselves agitated, we find ourselves burdened, we find ourselves stressed, and then we find ourselves sick. Because the reality is, that's what a crushed heart does. Do you know what? There are doctors, there are medics that will say that their body can do one of two things. It can protect us and it can cause growth. But our body cannot do those two things at the same time. The cells in our body do not promote growth and protect at the same time. It does one of the two. And when our lives are filled with stress, hormones are released, and our body begins to react and says, Ha! I'm in protection mode here. And it stops the source of growth. It stops all of those things in our lives. It stops our body repairing itself the way it should, because it's just thinking, it's fight or flight. It's just thinking, right, we've got to get through this day. Can I just say, I realized as I was talking to Jimmy earlier, my body was in flight after I accidentally went on a roller coaster in Universal that I thought was going to be safe. Like, I'm the bag carrier. So when you hear Dave talking about going on holiday and having a great time, I had a great time with my mum sat holding the bags. Because I just, I'm one of these girls, I just not into this whole adrenaline going up and down. But I saw this little roller coaster and I thought, I can do that. It's little, little arch is little. I'll be fine. So I queued up excitedly thinking ha I'm going to conquer a roller coaster. And I got there. And like my dad and Daniel went on before us. And I could see as they got off, I could see their eyes were a bit wider. But and I, I, I could see them looking at me. But I thought, oh, I'm fine. I could see that they were maybe concerned. But I'm like, okay. So then the thing kind of straps down over your shoulders. And I'm like, safety first. I'm really pleased they have these shoulder straps for these little roller coasters. That is a good sign. And then... It was called Cheetah Hunt in Bush Gardens. And then, um, do you know what? As I'm talking about it, the sweat is dripping down my back. I have just taken myself into protection mode just thinking about this. But that is actually how powerful your mind is, just to kind of say, I am sweating thinking. Do you know what? Like, it went. And I've not been on a roller coaster, really. And I was freaked out when we got to the bottom. And all of a sudden, it went, and then like we just sat there and then it "Pooh like that and then we go up this bend and then round and then we're going upside down and I'm going ah, 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 and Eden's there and I'm trying to be brave because she's loving it and, I'm like, ah, 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 and all this stuff and I breathe in and out and I've had four children we can keep this going it's just a roller coaster and we're doing all of this I am not joking you after I got off this roller coaster I, c- I could barely walk for about 20 minutes. Yeah, like My legs were like jelly, but I haven't done anything. If I'd been to a spinning class, <laughs> then I could expect my legs to be like jelly. I've just sat in a seat and done nothing other than breathe in and out. And my legs are like jelly. But as I was talking to Jimmy then, I realized that was my body in protection mode. My, I had stress hormones just rushing through everything. And my body was just releasing all of its energy, ready for me to just get off this thing and start running. Because that's what your body does when you're in stress mode. It's like being chased by a lion. It's like it's ready. It releases all the energy to your arms and your limbs. Because you've got to get out of the situation and do you know what i've lost my train of thought now because my sweat's still dripping down and i'm, I'm still in the thing can't it all do i can't it, right right just right thank you jesus right i'm back in my joy zone no but do you know what it's so powerful what stress does to our bodies that we have no idea and i am just going to have a look yes so joy No, I completely forgot why I told you that story, so I am going to move on. But anyway, just remember, stress affects your body, okay? And that's why you've got to not get yourself in stressful circumstances. That's why you've not got to rehearse stressful circumstances. That's why you can't rehearse bitterness. That's why you can't go through life with unforgiveness because you are just releasing all these hormones that are there to try and protect you. And God's like, hang on, hang on. You shouldn't be living like that. There's joy. There's joy and love and there's peace on the other side. And you know... Scientists show that when our lives are filled with love and joy, that's when growth takes place in our body. That's science. The word of God is backing it. Well, science is backing up what the word of God said thousands of years ago. The word of God says, a merry heart doth good like medicine, but a crushed spirit dries the bones. You know, we've really got to think about what are we rehearsing? What are we focusing on? What are we dwelling on? Which leads me on to our next point, which is this. A merry heart will guard our hearts, or your heart. Proverbs 4, verse 20 says this. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them. And what's the next bit? And healing to their whole body. Healing to the whole body. And then it goes on to say this. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart. I've just said it then. What are we dwelling on? What are we thinking about? What are we rehearsing in our heads? Are we allowing our praise, our focus, our mind to be set on things above Or are we allowing ourselves to kind of just be rehearsing the unforgiveness? Oh, but they let me down and they've done this and they've done that. And oh, my heart is shattered. And do you know what? I understand that we all go through circumstances, but we've got to check how far we allow those to drop and penetrate and are we prepared for us to walk in the consequences? of the bitterness and the unforgiveness and the hurt that sometimes we carry and the, let, the, the feeling let down. Because the Bible says, guard your hearts. Because it does determine the course of your life. Proverbs 15, 13 from the message says this. A cheerful heart brings a smile to your face. A sad heart makes it hard to get through the day. We've all had days where we found it hard. A sad heart finds it hard to get through the day. You know, one day is tough, but if your heart is sad all the time, getting through the day every day, that's really tough. Proverbs 18, 14 says this, a spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. But who can bear a broken spirit? You know, sometimes I think as Christians, we don't even realize that our crushed heart is having a massive impact on the way that we're living out our life. And we need to understand it's not the way that God has planned for us to live out our lives. You know, they say, How do you boil a frog? It's slowly. If you were to put a frog in a boiling saucepan of water, it would jump out quickly. But if you just put a frog in cold water and over time, just turn up the temperature, it doesn't really realize the temperature changes. And before long, he's, I was gonna say escargot. Is that, no, that's snail, in there? <laughs> he's transformed into a snail if you leave him in a pan. No, it's frog legs. But no, you do that. See, I shouldn't try to be like a French chef, should I? Because I haven't got a clue because I haven't eaten it. So anyway, but yeah, you, you boil a frog. He ends up dead by doing it slowly. And do you know, sometimes it's not the big things of life that pick us off. It's just the culmination, the culmination of the little things that just begin to drag us down. Our spirit gets crushed. And we don't even realize sometimes That we're carrying it, but we've got to be really careful because God does not want that for our lives. The next thing that I want to say is this a merry heart is a heart with purpose. We have a choice to make every day and in every circumstance about how we are going to react to the situations. Of life Colossians 3 1 to 3 says this since then you have been raised with Christ set your hearts on things above set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above. Oh, so this isn't just like the wisdom of Fay. No, this is the wisdom of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Sometimes we do much setting our minds on earthly things. And it says, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When you accepted Jesus, it was by by old life so let's not continue thinking in the old man that we were we've been given a new life and we're to think and set our minds on the things of God we've got to be intentional like set your hearts on set your minds on that is like typing an address into a a sat nav isn't it set your mind on that is a pursuit you are making a conscious decision to set your mind on you don't trip over into those kind of things it's an actual decision you know i'm intentional about my holidays i'm intentional about my family i'm intentional about intentional about trying to save for a rainy day And I think we all are. We're intentional about things in our life that we're passionate about. But I want to ask us this today. Are we intentional about our reactions? We can be so intentional about all the outward stuff, but are we intentional about our reactions? Are we intentional about the internals of our lives? Do we focus more on all of those things and fail to really make a plan concerning the issues of life? Because the Bible says, guard your heart, from it flows the issues of life. You know... I think we would be foolish to think that we'll just, oh, well, when I, when I arrive in the circumstance, I'll know what to do. Baloney will know what to do. The Bible says your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. So if I don't know what to do and I find myself in the situation and I choose to rely on me to get myself out of it, guess what? I'm probably going to mess up. You're probably going to mess up. We've got to be intentional, and I love that the Bible doesn't say, well, when you arrive to this situation in your life, I will give you the key, and you can open the vault. No, the Bible's like, here you go, plain view. Steady yourself. Go on, steady. Have a look. God's drawing us and saying, you can actually decide how you're going to react in a situation before you even get there. What are we going to do when we get offended? We can actually go to the Word of God now and say, do you know what? If someone offends me, this is going to be the way I'm going to deal with it. If somebody hurts me, this is going to be the way I'm going to deal with it. If somebody lets me down, this is the way that I'm going to deal with it. Because the Word of God is an open vault, storehouses of wisdom for us as we've read. And we really do need to decide to be intentional. We really do need to decide. We have insurance plans for our lives. We have insurance plans on our cars. In the eventuality that we have an accident, what's your insurance plan for how you're going to deal with the things that are going to crush you, potentially hurt you, when people let you down? How are we going to deal with it? You know, it says this. For instance, talking about if somebody hurts or offends us or tries to cause strife, Ephesians 4, 32 says, Be kind to one another, tender hearted and gentle, forgiving one another as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. That's an intentional response. Now, if I'm going to wait to the point where somebody does something and really hurts me and then say, right. You know what well, eye for eye tooth for the tooth that's the one that's the thing we want to do you say this i'll bite back with this you do this i'll do that but the word of god doesn 't the Word of God is setting us up to say you don 't need to do this. you can decide before the situation arises, and it may be that you have to write down what the response is because in the heat of the moment do you ever find you think oh i 'll just go through this in my head and i 'll remember that, and then you get to it and you 're like, "I forget it. So perhaps maybe we just need to sit down and write, "Love never fails." <laughs> Love never fails, I will be kind. And the great thing is, is that in the moment God gives us grace, doesn't need to deal with everything. But if we don't know what we're to do and we're relying on ourselves, we're gonna mess things up. So a merry heart is a heart with purpose because you can't be merry about the unexpected situations of life if you don't know how you're gonna navigate them. You've gotta choose choose life in every circumstance and the final thing i want to say is a merry heart is a choice it is a choice we cannot sit back when we get to heaven we can't say well lord it's got nothing to do with me why i went around so crushed and disease ridden and sick so everybody else no it, it, we can't do that a merry heart is a choice And I just wanna reference us back to what Dave spoke about in Numbers 13 with Caleb and the leaders of the tribes that Moses had sent out to source out the land. Now bearing in mind, God has said repeatedly I am going to bring you into a land that is flowing with milk and honey. So that is what he said to his people. I am going to send you out to a land that's filling with, um, flowing with milk and honey. So then the leaders go out to source it out. And they all come back, and 10 of them come back. And do you know what? They're carrying grapes that two of them have to carry strapped on over a pole. They've not been shopping at Tesco's or Sainsbury's, I can guarantee you. 500 grams falls right in there and it costs three pounds. These are people that went out to spy the land and the grapes, the clusters of grapes were so large, they couldn't, one person couldn't carry a cluster of grapes. We're not talking about a grape vine. They just couldn't even carry the grapes. That's like, now I'm thinking, right, I'm reading that thinking man, land flowing with milk and honey. Massive bunch of grapes that one person can't carry on themselves. Yeah, I'm thinking that lines up with what God's saying. And you go through things and they see all this stuff. But 10 of them decided to come back. And instead of focusing on all the things that God had said, they chose to look for other things. They chose to look for all the all the I can't situations. And you know what? They came and it says as a result of what they did, God said... Forget it. Only Caleb and Joshua are going in to inherit the land. And the children, anybody of this generation, they're not going in. They're not going in. Their hearts were just, they're not going in. And I want to read to you from... Um, First of all, Numbers 13, 30. This is Caleb's response. He said, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Caleb looked at what God's word had said and said, yeah, we can do this. And in Joshua 14, verse 7, skipping over a whole period of time, 40 years, this is what happened. Let me read this. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. Our report is down to our choices. Caleb said, I brought a report based on my convictions. And do you know where Caleb's convictions were settled? In the word that God had given. And it says this. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. They chose to look beyond the things that God had given. And as a result, people's heart melted in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved around in the wilderness. So here I am today. 85 years old, and I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now than I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord has promised me that day. I think as a people of God, we need to be like Caleb. And Caleb had a choice to make. And he said, this is what the word of God is. And I am going to focus on this. And if God has said, we will do it, we will do it. If you want, and if we want as a people of God to live our lives full of blessing and hope and abundance and strength, we have to make a choice that that's what we're going to do. We have to discipline ourselves to say, I'm going to find out what the Word of God says and I am going to do it. If the Word of God says, a merry heart doth good like medicine, well then who am I to write a different prescription for my life? And if I do write a different prescription for my life, I'm not going to be satisfied or bewildered when the consequences of my life look different to the Word of God we've got a choice a merry-hearted people have choices to make they cling to the Word of God regardless of the ups or the downs they cling to the Word of God and that's what God wants for each of us so today I want to encourage you God's wisdom is laid out unpacked for each one of us this is just one scripture What else is God saying to us as his people? What else is he drawing us to? What is he, he wants us, like it says, God came to give us life and life more abundantly. But we got to do things according to the way that God set them out if we're to live in that abundant life. And today I just want to just draw our attention back to that one scripture, a merry heart. Death good like medicine. God wants our hearts to be full of joy. He doesn't want us having a crushed spirit. And he's so practical in the way he lets, outworks that through us. And he gives us strength, but we have to choose as well. We can't, you know, sometimes we, we're like, oh, God will do it. I'll pray, yeah, God will do that. Now do you know what? We have a choice to make as well. God will do it and has done it. He's, he said it is finished. He accomplished everything at the cross. But we have to choose to stand in the things that he has promised to move forward. So today, if you're here, I just want to pray for each of us. Because God wants to infuse us with the joy, his joy. The joy not that the world gives, does he give unto us. His joy lasts. His joy is found in the Holy Spirit. His joy is anchored in who Jesus is. His joy is what our portion is today. So Jesus, you see us in this place. Lord, and you see maybe how the circumstances of life have tried to crush us. For some, it's been a big situation. For others, we feel it's just like the little things have caused our heart to become dry, to be cr- crushed. But Lord, in this place today, Lord, we thank you that you said you give us the oil of joy, the oil of joy for, for mourning. Lord, you said that you give us a garment of praise for a spirit of happiness. So Lord, in this place today, we thank you that your word has been like a, a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Lord, and we pray that you would help us walk this through. You would show us, Lord, maybe where our thinking is not right. Lord, where we've chosen to move beyond what your word declares. And we've chosen to listen to a different report that's contrary to your word. Lord, help us bring ourselves back in line with your word of God. Help us, Lord. And Lord, we pray that you would surround us, each of us, with other people that are going to champion us in following and pursuing your ways for our lives. So Lord, thank you for each person here. And Lord, if there's somebody here or people here today and they say, do you know what? You lost me at point one because my heart's not found in peace. I've never accepted Jesus. Didn't even know that he came to give me a better way. Didn't even know that he loved me the way you've talked about. Didn't even know that he wanted me to give me life. You know, if you're here today And you say, do you know what? If I look at my life, I've been searching. I've been floundering. I've been messing up. I've been feeling just lonely. I've been feeling lost. Right now, I want to give you the opportunity to make your peace with Jesus. He died 2000 years ago for you. And right now, if you're here and you're like, I need Jesus. I need a Savior. Then let me, join, let me join with you in prayer. And you can just repeat this simple prayer. Just say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on a cross 2,000 years ago. But I need a Savior. I've messed up. I've sinned. And I need you to come in to fill that emptiness in my heart. I recognize that you are Lord and I want you to be Lord of my life. You know, if you prayed that prayer today, at the back of the hall on your way out, we've got some Bibles that we would love to give you. They're completely free of charge. And on top of that, we've got a beautiful book filled with people from this congregation sharing their story of how they found Jesus and how Jesus has helped them. we would love to give that to you today and our advice to you would be just keep coming back you're not going to get everything pieced together overnight and jesus isn't looking for us to piece our lives back together the things with god he takes us on a journey and the biggest thing and the biggest choice that the best choice you will ever have made is the decision you just prayed where you said jesus come into my life so If you are here today, like I said, collect a Bible at the end. And if you'd like to make yourself known so that we can just say hi and help you along, please do that. You can go to our welcome um, desk or you can um, come and see myself and Dave after the service. But be blessed, church, you know, and God's word is here to transform us. God's word is here to take us on a journey because he loves us so much and he wants us to live the abundant life that he has promised.
1: Amen. What a wonderful word. Absolutely fantastic. You know, and as I was listening to Faye, I just want to just finish by saying this. As I was listening to Faye um, this morning, I was thinking, do you know, for eight years I actually made myself ill by by not doing what she spoke about by not doing you know following the the guidance of God's word and like like Faye said you know it was just in relation to little things and this may help you today um, and I always have to continually watch, these areas of my life, you know, some that sometimes, you know, we struggle in certain areas within our lives and it can be really challenging. And I remember a period, and I've spoke about this, you know, on occasions where um, I would really struggle with anxiety, worry, fear, and depression, right? And I would just think that these things would just Come about as a result of you know just going through life and circumstances and not dealing with it in the best way, but do you know what? When you like Faye said, when you don't do things God's way, right, and you you don't appropriate God's word to areas of your life, it will affect you physically, right? It affected me for eight years. I had I had warts on my hand, right? I had. Um, a rodent ulcer on my face, for which I had to have plastic surgery. There was a little improvement when they did it, actually, right? No, but I had a rodent ulcer on my face, right? And I had this this like real heavy kind of eczema over my eyes, and they gave me um, steroid cream to to kind of you know mask the issue, really. And the doctor said to me, he said, "Listen, you got to live with this, but it's all stress related," and As a result of not being able to deal with stress well, because I didn't apply God's word, right? I made myself ill. You know, I did it. I made myself fearful. I made myself depressed. I did these things to bring these things about. And sometimes it's a hard reality to come to. And I'm just saying this this morning because I want to help you. And and maybe, you know, you've got to listen to that word a few times. Can I just can you get that scripture up from uh, Philippians four verse four? From I think it's the Passion translation. That's a wonderful, wonderful um, verse. If we can, if we can find it, it says this: "Be cheerful with joyful celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow, for you are united with the Anointed One." When I when Faye read that this morning, I thought, my goodness. You know, how easy it is to really get beaten up by life, get beaten up by the circumstances. And nobody is saying, she certainly isn't saying that the circumstances aren't real, that the brokenness isn't real, that the crisis and just the sheer darkness of the valley is not real, right? But the Word of God enables us to be joyful in every season, to celebrate even in that darkest valley, right? And that is a wonderful thing. Wherever we are today, right, whatever we're going through, let's ask the Holy Spirit, right, to help us not to revert to our fears. Not to revert back to the old way that we would do things and deal with things that doesn't get us anywhere, that spirals us down into hopelessness. But let's ask the Holy Spirit, that life of Christ within us, to rise up above what's trying to crush us, trying to destroy us, trying to, you know, bring an end to the, to the good that, 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 that we've known. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to enable us, right, to be cheerful and joyful even in the darkest of circumstances. I had, to, I had to correct myself just this week. I tell you, you've got to do it all the time. My mind started to think about things ahead that don't even exist, right? That's a crazy thing. They don't even exist, and they're not going to exist because they're not in the plan of God for my life, right? I had to, I had to pull myself up and say, stop it. You stop thinking like this. The Bible says, doesn't it? It says, taking every thought captive. Don't be captivated by those thoughts, but just take, God knows he loves us. doesn't condemn us, right? But I tell you, after that eight years of stress, one night, the Holy Spirit delivered me and he healed me and he set me free. Now, I've got to make a decision to constantly walk in that freedom right he comes and he delivers us but then I have to make the decision to discipline my life to come into line with what God wants and that is not easy sometimes get a good day other times I get a bad day but it's great it really is to know that we can live free and we can go forward and we can we can get stronger and grow into everything that God wants for us is that okay Lord, I thank you for your people. Thank you for that word today. We don't want to have a crushed spirit. Lord, we don't want to be uh, really spiraling down. And Lord, you know, you know that we struggle with these things. We, we, we think about things that don't exist, that have a detrimental effect on our lives and really tries to hinder and break apart the the joy that you want us to have today. Lord, I pray that we would be so focused on the daily bread that you bring to our table today, that we don't worry about tomorrow, that we're so satisfied by the daily bread that you bring right now. You said, Jesus, ask Father in heaven, give us this day, not tomorrow, give us this day, Our daily bread. Lord, I pray that our souls would be so full of daily bread today that we would be assured that the day is given today from your hand. We would be so taken up by the blessing and the abundance of today that our worries and our thoughts would not be about tomorrow but we would just be completely satisfied in the beautiful provision that you provide today that this is the day that the Lord has made that we will rejoice and be glad in it and this cheerful heart Lord we would learn to walk in it that we would never depart from it that Lord it would be like that that wonderful medicine that anoints even the deepest wounds and hurts of our lives and we would apply the joy of God to those deep wounds and those wounds would no longer, Lord, be, uh, be be infected, but there would be healing and the scar would even talk about the wonders of your healing, the wonders and the goodness and the testimony to your name that you are a good God. Lord, we ask it, I pray it over your people. Lord, I pray that nobody would be hounded by depression or fear. And Lord, the circumstances of life that are coming against your people, Lord, that they would rise up and be victorious. That you would lead them in triumph in your life, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, why did not you stand to your feet?